Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Fiction. Science fiction. Horror. Fantasy. Crime. LGBT. Thriller. You Welcome back into the house of mystery. I'm Al Warren, Mr. David Martino. I was I was going to call you the the little hairy name, you know, from the other show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Pila, oh. Pila. <laughs> what was that? Pila, Pilo, Pilu. Oh, Pilu. Yeah, Pilu, Pilo, the little hairy one. Yes. <laughs> was that a type of gum too? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I never had remembering something. Pilu. I, I, yeah, I think it was Pilu gum. But you're into all that pee, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> disgusting. You're already disgusting. Huh? Oh, it's, it's terrible. End of the week, and it's shameful. <laughs> um, now, speaking of shameful, we're getting into a horror, and mm. uh, not a horror, a horror, horror writer book that we talked about, I think, a week or so ago. Maybe it was two weeks ago. Uh, it's The yeah. Unholy Triquirta. And it's yeah. Celtic Fairy Tales, Dark Tide Mysteries and Thrillers, book nine. Say that quickly, ten times. <laughs> so one of the authors of one of the stories in there is Jason Parent. So thank you for being here, Jason. Thank you for having me on. How, how did you get roped into this uh <laughs> into this book now how do you how do you find yourself get into um because i've noticed this you've done quite a few um it seems like anthologies or you've been part of books with several stories in it and stuff like that so how, how does that happen uh for you well i think you got it right when you called me a horror so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the way i like them i um well, it's funny. On this story, I was invited to a 
the, a different Doctide anthology, Crystal Lake, that dealt with Halloween. As so, each of these uh, Doctide series has three novellas in them. I was working on the Halloween one, and I don't know for some reason I felt like writing a Celtic story for Celtic kind of Halloween story, and um, it didn't really fit with the Halloween motive for that novella, but I really loved the story. So I uh, reached out to Joe, who's the principal over at Crystal Lake, and asked him if I could, if, he would, if he'd be interested in doing a, a Celtic version of the Dark Tide series, and he gave me free reign to run with it. That's how this story was born. Any reason for Celtic in your particular case, or did it, it just sort of happen? Uh, if you if you look at my bibliography, I'm all over the place. <laughs> so I, I mean, I just I just like to try everything. I like I I'm built it, I'm interested in all mythologies and and Celtic. Uh, I I would say I I prefer writing folk horror and and adding themes to it from different uh you know different mythologies across the world. And Celtic hadn't been done by me yet, so. It's one I wanted to tackle. I have this whole volume of Celtic tales from uh, Flame Tree Publishing that I was reading at the time and I was getting inspired by it. So I gave it a shot and I hope the result is uh, enjoyable. Do you have an easy time with editor invites, you know, coming up with stories and coming up with stories for open calls? I know I know, it takes me forever to come up with something. Uh, what, what, what about you? How does that work? Actually, it's the opposite for me. Um, Open calls or, or invites almost always trigger an idea in my head. And they kind of give me focus. As you might find out during this interview, I kind of have ADD. I'm all over the place. So, <laughs> um, it gives me kind of, it nails me down to a, a, a story and gives me focus and, and drive to get something done. Uh, so I, I'm, the ideas just keep coming. I, I don't know if you've watched the Sandman with that guy. Uh, the episode, uh, the guy just kept having ideas pop into his brain. He had to write them down. <laughs> I'm kind of like that. <laughs> to the point that it annoys everybody. That's great. <laughs> but you, you always stick to a horror theme, but like it's kind of a darker, darker story. So they're not, and you never go off of that, do you? Dark, I guess would be a good word, usually. Um, well, no, I, some of my sci fi has been. Dare I say philosophical <laughs> or uh, yes, I, I write horror, sci-fi, thrillers, and dark, dark comedy. But I mean, uh, I've gone from literary to pulp to funny to abstract. I'm just I, like I said, I, I like to try. I, the joy of writing for me is to to you know have a creative outlet that allows me to try new voices, experience new uh, point of views. I mean, obviously, I can't really step into the point of view of a, 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 a some a Native American from, you know, the 1400s or something, but uh, I guess it was in America back then, but <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> the effort is, is, is what I enjoy. Yeah, and so when you're, when you're doing these, when, a, when one of these ideas comes into your mind, and you decide you're going to go with it. How how is that experience for you? Is it is it does the story come to you? Do the voices of the characters come to you? Like what what is that process like? Oh, uh, I'd say it'd be different for novels versus shorter stories. Short stories is almost a plot. Then I figure out what characters I need, and then I breathe life into those characters because I don't want them to be two dimensional, obviously. Uh, but with novels, 
I have only a beginning and an end, and then I'm I'm really looking at the cast right off the outset. Who who do I want to tell this story? What what do I want them to say in the story, and and how do I get there? On a novel, you have more room to get to know your characters or to explain them and explain the situations, and and maybe how they connect with each other. In in the shorter stories, you don't have that same space, the same luxury. How how do you get that to still come across? Like you have to use your words and 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 what you put down uh, carefully. I think right because uh, because me as a reader in a short story, I have to understand the character and the dilemma and the, and what they're going through and why it matters right away. Almost. Well, I think uh, I'm pretty economical in my word choices it is i don't like filler so i don't like reading filler like stephen king is is king for for reason uh master but um like i was reading uh revival for example and he had many many pages on 60s music and if you don't have a deep appreciation for 60s music you kind of lose focus on the novel <laughs> conversely to give the man his due the outsider the, the beginning of it was this fast-paced police interview um uh, all the suspects in, in, in the crime that went down, and it was some of the best writing I've ever I've ever read. So I try to stick towards that ladder, <laughs> active active voice. You know, let the characters be developed as the story unfolds. Uh, no no uh, information dumps. No no wasted space. Do you consider yourself a natural short story writer or a natural novelist? Do you have a preference? Well, I, this is going to sound kind of BS too, but I'm in the middle. <laughs> I actually find long fiction, like the novelette or novella size, perfect for me. Maybe because I find novels have a lot of filler and short stories don't have a lot to tell, uh, a lot of room to tell a bigger story. I mean, a grandiose story or something with more than just a few scenes. And a lot of people call them short novels too, the, the uh, novellas. So you're still a novelist. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I have written 10 novels, but I, I do prefer... I think I prefer the stories of the link in this unholy triketrochal world. Still debating on how to say that, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I prefer that. I think I prefer this length. So I have a few novelettes out there that uh, I kind of sell as chat books. Yeah, I think those are some of my stronger stories. So now in this new book, your story is a knot within a knot. So uh, tell us a little bit about that story. What's the premise of this? So that. Image on Unholy Tricatcher is kind of like the Celtic knot, and a, a knot, it, it, you know, three three pronged hunts to try. I don't know that that uh, is a very good explanation, but what I try to do is a three pronged story within a three author story, uh, novel, uh, collection. So again, I was given free reign, so this was like it was me trying to be absurdly creative, maybe, but. Uh, it, gave me, it gave me a lot of enjoyment because I was the guy that's tying the stories together. My story has three parts, and they are taken from the point of view of three different characters. But while I'm telling that story, I'm weaving in elements of Willie and Curtis's stories. So I set the premise with the plane uh, in a storm, and it crashes uh so it splits it actually breaks apart in the air and curtis's story is pretty much the front part of the plane while mine is my first part is the the rear and 
we we follow uh, a gentleman in the first part that's trying to get home from uh, Italy, a conference in Italy back to America because I know American that's easy for me to write <laughs> started with that um, and and his ordeal that goes through the night and into the into the next day then we look back at Curtis's story which is pretty much the front of the plane the night before and my second part is the front of uh, the rear of the plane different character in night before so you, night before as well so you learn more about the gentleman from a different character's perspective and some of the other characters that you see in the other parts as well as the characters in, in the other stories uh, I'm probably way over explaining that but <laughs> essentially it's it, it's just an interwoven piece and I got to be the guy that interweaves the work of, of some other great uh, writers that, uh, to me, that was just a, a fantastic experience. Did, do you have a point uh, to a story like this? <laughs> no, no, I, <laughs> you know, there's only one point. No, but uh, I mean, at the end, is this just purely entertainment then? Or like, are, are you, do you have a theme or an idea in this story as well or no? So my, my, my goal with every story is always first, to tell a great story that people are going to enjoy. I, obviously, though, my themes, my politics, although I try to keep them subtle, you know, our biases, they work their way in, work their way in regardless. With my first part of the story, it's, it's obvious and probably maybe a little, maybe two in your face, but it's a, it's so, uh, this, we're taking it from the point of view of a man who's, Gonna survive a plane crash, but then enter, uh, this woodland community where he's making assumptions based on what he sees, uh, assumptions that inevitably turn out to be wrong. And the theme is obvious and my, how I feel about how we, we don't, we're not accepting of other cultures and other perspectives. And, and when we, when we make assumptions about them, we're, we're doing them and ourselves a disservice. Right. So uh, basically a Republican crashes on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say that, but you did. <laughs> That's right. I'm I'm fine. I, I have no problem saying things. Well, I'm um, from Massachusetts, well, so I mean, I should tell you. I used to be able to say it. I should tell you my politics, but not so much these days. <laughs> well, you know, they, they, the honest truth is it's not really about politics. It's just about a, an idea or a theme, and people have made it political, but it's not that It's not that simple. Do you know how you want to end the book when you do something like this? I knew how I wanted the first part to end. So I needed to read Curtis's story and, and uh, Willie's story to weave in an end that satisfies all three of those stories. So my third part, which I didn't really discuss, that is the culmination of all three stories. It, it just wraps it up nicely. So uh, I was very happy with how I was able to do that. Again, I'm patting myself on the back here, but <laughs> I was pleased with the result. Has it ever happened where you get kind of in a place where the story isn't going where you want it to go? Or when you're doing working with other writers, it, it, they may be perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with them. But I'm just saying that sometimes they might take it somewhere you didn't expect. Yes. Uh, so I, I was co-authoring a story with somebody, and, and we just had two different ideas on where it should go. So we stopped. I mean, uh, great authors, one of my uh, best friends in the business, but we're just not a, a good co-author team. Uh, say, I, I'm actually working on a script with another friend who I didn't think would go well, but uh, it's actually clicking. So uh, I guess you never know until you give it a, your best go. Yeah, we have the author that uh, 
doesn't like you on the line right now. <laughs> There's probably several of those. <laughs> how does one handle a situation of working with other authors? Like, how is it that you take that process on? Like, if I was to, to set up with another author now that I think would be good, what's the basic kind of outline that you use when you when you call someone? Oh, well, I, I, I would have to say I would be the difficult I'm not for for publishers and editors. I am very easy to work with, but if it was somebody that was, I would probably be the difficult co-author if we were working on the same story because I I do like control <laughs> over the plot and the characters, <laughs> and I'm open to other ideas. And certainly, people have great ideas that are far better than mine. But if it's if I'm going to be putting the work in, I want to tell a certain story. So. You're a controlling bitch. Well, speaking of other authors, how, how did you find the horror community? I know I found them on the uh, the old shock lines forum, but uh, how, how was it for you? The political answer would be there. You know, they're all awesome and great, and and for the most part, that's true. I mean, but it's uh, people are people. Uh, every organization, every side of things, politics, gonna have your good apples and your bad apples. I've managed to identify those that I think I should stay away from, I think, and, and have had a very smooth sailing time, I think, so far. <laughs> now, now I hope I didn't just jinx that, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. Well, name, give us some names and we'll, we'll <laughs> we won't tell anybody. Honestly, I, I, no, I've gotten no. in trouble once or twice with, by having good intentions, trying to help people out, I guess. Uh, it's just weird. The things that people, well, get upset about when you're trying to do good things. <laughs> well, that's true. That's a that's a hard lesson. Well, I'm also socially awkward, so I'm sure it's the way I, I present <laughs> that probably throws people off. But my intentions are like I like to help new writers. I like to do things for people, and I'm at, and I'm saying it here on your your show that anybody that in the community that wants help, I'm happy to help. I don't know if that somehow comes off wrong, but. I guess it has one or two, two times in the past. Yeah. Well, you know, you do the best you can. That's all you can right. do. Now, you came into writing kind of off a career. So you were you were working in uh, in the legal profession, let's say, and you left that to uh, become a writer. And after you got broke, <laughs> you, you went back to work, but you still write. What kind of what's 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 your thought on writing in the writing world? It's like everything else in that. You know, hard work can get you so far. Connections can get you farther. Other skills like marketing, publicity, branding yourself will get you even farther. And my naivety <laughs> back when I was in my 20s would be like, oh, hard work was the only thing that mattered. And, you know, I've learned since. <laughs> so we'll see how uh, we'll see how things go now. But, yeah, I, I, I'm still involved with law. I, I do some consulting on the side, and I do have a day job as well as writing. So I I do a lot of things. I have my I'll put it uh, uh, I have my pokers in a lot of fires. <laughs> my kind of guy here. I have a lot of pokers. Apparently, <laughs> even better. Got to get some pictures here. You know, the audience is going to want to see that. Well, I never made that mistake. Um, Instead of a picture like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. You only live once, you know. Have fun. Uh, okay, so it, what do you hope to get out of the writing experience? Like is it, like when you're setting out to do books and, and writing stories and stuff, do you have kind of a purpose 
or are you just kind of doing it at will and it doesn't matter what happens? It keeps evolving. I mean, as as you get better and, and build your audience, I mean, it was first, I just wanted to see if I could, I was good enough to be published. So, and then it was, well, if, if even a few handful, handful full of people find meaning in what I've written or find enjoyment in it, I'd be happy. But, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie and say I wouldn't want to make films out of my, my books or, or, you know, be the next JK Rowling or whoever. Of course I would. I, I think uh, anyone that tells you otherwise is full of Oh my. What was your favorite story you've ever written? If someone, if someone had never read you before, never heard of you, which is really hard for me to believe that they hadn't heard of Jason Perron. Yeah. <laughs> so they've never heard of you and you're at a book signing and someone says, what's, what should I read that captures you the best in your mind? What would you, what would you tell them to read? I was asked that question probably 10 times at the convention I just did last weekend. And I don't, I don't have an answer for it because I write, I like, like I write so diversely, and and with so many different genres and point of views and and styles and voices that it's hard to say that. I'd say the one I had the most fun writing was my novel They Feed. It's because it's a fast paced action horror, eighty uh, style, campy. It's just a lot of fun. So. And and I could tell I had fun with it because I wrote it fast. <laughs> it didn't take me years and years to write. It only took me, I think, five or six months to finish it. So, well, first draft. So what what makes a good story for you then? Like when you're reading um, a book um, or a short story or whatever you're reading, what is it that keeps you interested? And what is it, do you think, that at the end of it you go, wow, that was great? What 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 things do you look for? So if you're watching like Law and Order or some crime show, and you, you can usually pick out the formula that the story's going to take, or and it'd probably pick who who the killer is or the criminal is, and within the first five minutes, assuming they presented the person in that in that time frame. What I like when I'm reading a story is to look for that formula, and if they trick me, then I enjoy it. <laughs> But it's it's rare that I see something original or or, or or I'm fooled. If I'm fooled because they gave me no basis whatsoever to make that conclusion, <laughs> then that's a different story. That means they you know they just hid the hit the ball on me and, and 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 are coming out of left field with their ending. Yeah, it's a surprise because it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but uh, if they can. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information, 
information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Make me miss the breadcrumbs that, they, that they've that they laid and tell me a, a compelling story, then that is what I get excited about, what, what I'll, I'll review and, and post comments on and push. Uh, I don't have any, like, bi- well, I, I'm sure I have biases, but I, what I love and promote is, is, is 100% what I love and promote. And when you're writing your characters, um, what's that process like for you? Like, do you have characters that you absolutely love to write? And even, even, even though you maybe you've written their story and it's done, you still think about that character? Yes. Uh, the ones I love to write are villains for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 well, unless they're disgusting villains, like I've had, I had a, a stepfather that was abusing, uh, one of the main characters and he, he was tough to get into his skin for, for as long as I did. Cause I, 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 I am like the method actor of writing. I would say I try to try to get into the character, fully immersed into the characters so that I can write them as if it, I, I think that that's what helps me make them seem real or feel real to the reader. Uh, and being in that headspace too long is kind of creepy and gross, but, but the villains that are 
delightfully nasty <laughs> uh, that you almost want to root for, especially if they're killing somebody that's you know not too not too likable in, in his own right or her own right. Uh, yeah, I enjoy those the most. But then I have a novel called Unbalanced, where the main character is uh, suffers from some uh, mental illness uh, and is very uncomfortable. And he's so uncomfortable because he's pretty much me. <laughs> and, and that's that, that's a tough character to be. Do you have an internal monologue? Can you hear your characters? Is that how uh, you create your character's dialogue? Or is there some other way that you do it? Absolutely. I, I hear every one of them. There's one author that uh, I enjoy. Uh, his name is Rob Smales. He, when, I, when I've gone to readings, I've seen him read and He's just fantastic. He gives voice to the characters. He's just a fan. I cannot. Uh, obviously, listening to me now, you probably already want to put a gun to your head. But <laughs> uh, he's uh, he's just a fantastic reader. When I read them in my head, I read like that. <laughs> um, so everybody's have a, has a voice. Everybody, and I'm probably borrowing subconsciously from actors or 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 people that I know, but. They all, they're all fully fleshed out people in my head. And my goal is to make sure they're fully fleshed out on paper as well. So when you say you're the method writer, then that means you dress up like your characters and then they're killers. You go out and kill people and all that too. Like you just. No, I just use math. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. (laughs) That works too, right? Come up with some really good ideas. (laughs) Yeah. Do they let you drive or no? Uh, my, my handlers don't always let me drive. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. Yeah. So when you're, when you're, do your characters take control of the story sometimes? Oh yeah. I, I always, so that, you know, you've probably heard phrases, plotter and pantser. Yeah. I'm like a part-time plotter, I guess. I, I start with, I have an ending usually, and I have a beginning and I would probably outline the first three chapters where I want to go, but characters take over scenes, things, they do things that I didn't expect until I write it down on paper and the whole story changes from there. Strange. It, 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 has there ever been a story that you have been unable to finish? Yes, but only because it was, I, I, so when I first tried to write a novel, it was fantasy. Uh, I learned very quickly. I cannot write fantasy. <laughs> Uh, inventing so the the imagination it takes for to invent races of 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 creatures with their own dialects and or or even languages it, it amazes me that people like Patrick Rothfuss, George R. R. Martin can can conceive well George R. R. Martin's you know Game of Thrones uh, a Song of Fire and Ice was pretty based in real well. Okay, no. Okay, there were dragons. Besides the dragons <laughs> and some zombies. All right, I stand corrected. But <laughs> there, there were a lot of. It was mostly humans and, and normal. But but someone like James Rollins, who writes, um, you know, Amazonia and, and novels, thrillers like that, that have like these really fantastical elements. It, it's just amazing what they can do. And I don't, I don't have that skill. I, I fully concede, I don't. Unless I, I want to try to take 30 years to write it. <laughs> oh, I was going to say take 30 years of math. And- yeah, well, okay, <laughs> I could do it. You'd be in a fantasy then. What, so what, what, what would you do that people wouldn't expect from you? Well, I've been toying with the idea of writing a romance because I just want to see if I could. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, nobody would expect that from me. <laughs> 
Well, you know, just just use a, a different name. That's all. Just don't put it under under your your writer name, and then see what happens that way. Yeah, I'm not sure I could do it though. I, 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 well, what is it? What what do you think that would be difficult in a in a romance then that you wouldn't be able to do? I could probably do the cheesy like you know Fabio covered type romance novel, but I mean a good one with with where it didn't lean towards melodrama or cheese. I don't know. I, I I don't I don't think that I'm unromantic as a person. Uh, well, others might say so, but <laughs> uh, I, you know I, I can feel those things that I would need to feel to put in that story. But I just don't know if I could craft. I, I like action. I like fly, things that you know keep you excited, and I just don't know if I could do it. <laughs> but I'll let you know. <laughs> well, it's it's a different it's a different feel, right, to it. So. You, you, it's hard to put a lot of action in romance without it getting. I don't know if I could do what you do either with the, with the true crime, because then it's too real. Just it, whether it's in your mind or whether it's in the physical world, it's the same, really. It's, it's uh, it, the the advantage of true crime is that um, you kind of don't have to do a lot of imagining of what a person is doing or what they're like or what they you know what happens you kind of know what happens it's more about the research and finding the information so i don't know it's it's okay you have to have a hard nose i guess i don't know yeah i think it would be more like dragnet you know if i'm misquoting just the facts ma'am i think it was <laughs> I, I don't think i'd put like my own i'd be i'd feel free to put my own opinions or emotion into it yeah, and that's that's okay in a sense. We just talk to an author like that. And I know I don't in some cases because sometimes it's not warranted. There's not a right right time and place for you to be giving an opinion. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes you can get your opinion out by what some of the people say that you talk to, you know, uh, interviewing someone in prison and, and when they start telling you why they did something or how they or how they did what they did, sometimes that says it all. I don't have to give an opinion. Just me writing that makes people kind of go, wow, this person's a nut, you know? And I don't have to elaborate. So have you um, read Jack Ketchum's The Girl Next Door? No. I turned the interview around on you. You like that, huh? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I have to... Go for it, man. Get the whip out. Yeah. He, he, he oh, It's just this brutal story based on true crime. Uh, about what uh, I think there were neighbors did to a, a girl, a young girl. Awful story, awful story, but so powerful and well written. And he, he, like, you read that story and you, you just, you just floored afterwards and gutted. And how he could do that with so much tact and taste, I, I my hats off. So I, I think that that would be the same for most true crime writers. If they can pull it off with tact and taste and class, then I, I don't know if I could. Yeah, well, I think I think you could if you've got a heart, and it sounds like you do. I mean, you're kind of, you know, all over the place, but I think that you 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 generally care, and I think that's all it is. You know, when you read back something and and you're not sure, a lot of times you can attach it to how would I feel if this was my brother sister daughter friend you know what i mean like you attach it to yourself and if you're if you're a reasonable person then you kind of kind of kind of go well yeah 
I should do it this way or do it that way. Um, and there are writers that don't, believe me. There are some that are savages out there. Yes. <laughs> I'd say you're making the assumption of a reasonable person. Well, reasonable <laughs> when you're not on meth. <laughs> no, meth is just one of many drugs. That we <laughs> yeah. You can tell. You've got a uh, sincere voice that, that comes out. So I think that it's, I think it's just choosing, you know what I mean? Because you yourself, when you say that, with the tact and the class and all that, that means you know kind of what's right and what would be wrong in that particular case. And that, that that's that's the way you go when you're doing it. And if you have that, so you'd be fine. So get on the true crime. Next story. Well, I, I'd say one of my novels, Life Removed, is very far removed from the satanic panic, but it takes place in Fall River, where I grew up, actually. So... Uh, I don't know if you've done anything with the satanic panic, but it, it was it, that that was something that I I wouldn't say I lived through, but I lived adjacent to. No, I well, I didn't do anything writing wise other than I I interviewed uh, the head of the church, say, say, the uh, Church of Satan, and the traditional Church of Satan, and the uh, there's the third one, the Luciferian. So I, I I talked in great lengths to quite a few of them, but I don't. Um, I haven't, you know, Satanic Panic was just more, you know, Geraldo Rivera and the rest of the yeah. silliness <laughs> that went on. And, uh, you know, people buy into it. It's, it's What amazes me is more about people's reactions, not so much what, what was said, but how people react to things, just like they do today and just like they did with the pandemic and anything. And that's probably something you're aware of, is, is how people react to your stories. So did that, does that ever surprise you? Uh, yeah, talking about that a Life Removed, I got a one-star review, and, and I finally get to say this. I don't usually talk about reviews, or, or and I never bash a review, obviously. It, uh, but it said, if you like this novel, you are sick. I'm like, oh, that, that's actually a good sound, but more, more <laughs> I don't think they, they meant it as positively as I took it, but... <laughs> That's fine. You know, and per personally, I don't. I, I'm not really a fan of a lot of the reviews sort of systems, but I, you know, you got to take it as it comes, right? Um, but in a way, that is a good review in a sense. Yeah, I, I'd say when I when I first started, I mean, I've been writing for uh, two decades now, and I, it's like I started publishing under this name in 2012 or so. So. Um, I used to I used to monitor the reviews and never responded to them or anything, but I yeah you know and, and it hurt when you got a bad one. Now it's you, you get a thick skin after after a certain amount of time, and it's just oh well you know. Hopefully you'll win them over on the next one. Yeah, I think a lot of times the review isn't it sort of more about uh, where they're at and where they're coming from. I mean when when you try to tell a story to someone that doesn't live in the same sort of circumstance that you live in, it, you might be totally alien to them, and what you write might be totally off to them. So a lot of times it's it's really kind of their their circumstance. Right. Uh, but if you, if you stick to the universals, I mean, everybody, if you hear the phrase love is love, I mean, everybody knows, most people, most people have felt the full range of, of, of human emotions and, and, and the full spectrum, but 
you know, obviously everybody's different and has different degrees of how they feel about things, and, but they all know what it feels like to be, say, an outsider or uh, even if they're the most popular person in the, in the world, they've at one time felt like an outsider or felt inadequate or, or, or just like, and if you just, if, if you, if you know how to write well and you know how to convey that emotion to, I think anyone, regardless of their background or, or their personal beliefs. Right. Right. It's like being uh, lonely in a crowded room kind of idea, but, I, but I think what I'm saying is that, um, you know, a person might read something and uh, it might be too close to real for them. It might hurt too much. And therefore, you're getting a one star. I I, I won't try to decipher their thought. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it could be that I'm, I'm well aware that my stories will not work for everybody. So uh, I'm OK with the, the one stars and the five stars. And anybody in between. That's right. Well, I hunt down my one star. I, I make sure they're, they, they're eliminated. There was the phrase, unalived. <laughs> we eliminate them, you know. We will, we will not want them. I got enough other stress uh, in my life to I, 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 to not be worried about those people. <laughs> those folks. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of the thing not to worry about, really. Just look at the big picture. So, listen, um, people, uh, where can they find you? Like, are you hanging out in bars? Are you in... Uh, I'm usually hiding under rocks. or Hiding under rocks? Yeah, maybe in a case. bridge? Yeah. I'm all over social media. And, uh, well, I have my Facebook page, author page, authorjasonparent.com, Twitter, Instagram. Haven't done the TikTok thing yet, but everybody's telling me I should. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd be amused. Get on there. I'll, I'll do one of those <laughs> little jump videos, and all of a sudden, I'm naked. There you go. <laughs> See, now there. I'm on it. I'm on it. Get on this right now. I'll sell one book. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy one of you. <laughs> and I'll give you a good rating. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. And now, do you have a website? Yeah, authorjasonparent.com. Perfect. Probably pretentious with I put the author in, but... I set it up when I first started, so. <laughs> oh, well, actually, no, it's, in a way, it's a good idea because so many people have websites and names up, and, and it's kind of good in a sense because if, if there, there's other Jason parents out there, then you won't, you'll be more distinguished because you're a writer, author, Jason parent, rather than just Jason. There are definitely a lot of Jasons with parents out there, so. <laughs> there's a, lot of, a lot of parents that have Jasons. <laughs> yeah. So what's next for you? So this book's out now, and you're promoting it and stuff. What what do you, what what can we expect from the Jason next? Well, I'm, I'm working working on a script, as I mentioned, and we we already have a plan to pitch it to a fairly uh, decent horror studio. I don't know how much I can say, but that that's being that's in progress. Other than that, writing wise, I, I it's been tough lately. I'm not. Um, I have a collection coming out in September down in the deep dark places uh, that you can make a joke about I'm sure um, <laughs> and, then, and then another collection of Halloween stories coming out next year uh, Halloween is and I grew up loving Halloween and I think I, I think it was David on one of your other things you uh, no it was your, the author you guys had on uh, who wrote the mystery um, he has a whole mystery series he said something about uh, dressing up and cosplay i think <laughs> uh, 
Well, yes, I gotta enjoy that myself. <laughs> so, uh, I've always loved Halloween. I think that shows in my Halloween stories is just the love and the spirit and the, the kind of mischief that goes with that night comes out in my, in my Halloween stories. I, so I have high hopes for that collection as I do think it is my best writing. Well, there you have it. Now you have an answer for that other question. Oh, yeah, once it comes out. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that's what you tell people it's coming. What do you, how do you like writing a script? Is it quite a bit harder than writing normal books? Normal books, but just books? Harder? No, but definitely different. Um, I, I, I mean, I think dialogue is one of my strengths. So that part is obviously very important in the script as it is in, in your novel. Uh, the, Camera directions are, are what's what's different, really. Like we see uh, fog rolling in from, you know, across the otherwise empty valley or something. I don't know. I'm making this up as I go along, but uh, it's not really not that much than describing a setting. It's it's just the way you do it. And I mean, I didn't know what the word super meant for <laughs> in a script writing. I, uh, that just means we see if uh, essentially, but. Um, and I'm probably getting that wrong, and now I'm going to get my script canceled. <laughs> <laughs> In the, you say that, you know, dialogue's a strong point. What do you think, what's the important thing about a dialogue? Do you, do you When you write dialogue, do you say it out loud or, or yes. rerun it through your head? Do you want, because it has to sound, it has to be something someone would really say, right? Right. To quote King, uh, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm quoting him right, but or paraphrase King then, he said, don't say he defecated. Say he took a poop. I had to change the last word. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I I keep reading when I edit for other when I edit other people's works. It says he departed or something. To say he left. Why are you using or instead of uh, a lot of authors like to put instead of he said, they put he communicated or he exclaimed or he whatever. Yeah. 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 It's. No. <laughs> yeah. Stop that. <laughs> yeah. No, I know what you mean, you know. But, you know, times I think in a writer's mind, they're probably thinking uh, that's something you do when you're new, usually, at the beginning, because you don't want to use the same words too many times, right? You think about all those weird things. Use action tags then, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. But, you know, at first, there's, it's overwhelming the very first time you write something. That, you know, it can be. True. That's great. So now we know. Um, Jason dresses up like his characters. He pretends to be them. Oh, I'll send you a picture you will like. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <But> wonderful. <laughs> as long as you're not going to post it. <laughs> I don't post pictures, but I like them. <laughs> well, Jason, we appreciate you being here, and uh, we'll put everything up on our website. People will be able to find you real easily. So hopefully your new book does well, and, and it sure looks very interesting. So it's an unholy triquerta. Celtic fairy tales, dark tide mysteries and thrillers, book nine. And, of course, Jason Parents, the, one of the writers and our guests, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's been interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jason. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.